What's up, everyone? Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you in on some exciting news. My favorite event of the year, Playbook 2022, is coming up this September. This is the third year Trainual's been running it, and if you attended the last two years, you know it gets better every time. So if you're a business owner, a people leader, a marketer, this event is for you. We have amazing speakers like the marketing master himself, Seth Godin. We've got brother and sister duo, Allison and Wes Felix. You may recognize Allison from the Olympics. She's a track and field star who's won tons of gold medals in her career. And now her and her brother own Sage, which is a lifestyle sneaker brand built for and by women. Plus, we've got Caitlin Crosby, who's the founder and CEO of The Giving Keys, Jason Freed, co-founder and CEO of Basecamp, Makita Mikado, founder and CEO of PandaDoc, and more. It's two days, September 21st and 22nd. It's all virtual, so you can log in from anywhere, and it's completely free. So trust me, you're not going to want to miss this. You will learn so much about how to build an incredible culture and a more efficient business than you've ever had before. So register now. Just go to playbook2022.com. Again, totally free. I'll see you there. I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. This audio is from an organized chaos live Q&A. And if you ever have burning questions for Chris that you would want answered on the podcast, just shoot him a message on LinkedIn. And if you don't want to miss our next organized chaos live stream, be sure to also follow Chris on LinkedIn where he'll share future updates. I'm going to kick things off and get started through the backlog of questions that I had, starting with one from Mallory Glessner. Hey, Mallory, thank you so much for commenting and being uh, such a great contributor over here. So as someone who's very organized, how do you effectively work on projects and efforts with others who are much less organized without feeling like you have to fill in their gaps to keep things running smoothly, essentially creating a crutch? So when I read this question, it takes me back to being in high school or being in college and having those team projects. And whenever you get assigned those team projects, there's usually one or two people who tend to kind of pull the weight of the team. You know, they're, they're doing all the work in advance. They're uh, doing the hard parts of the assignment. And then you've got other people who are just showing up and, and uh, collecting the grade. So maybe you've been there too. That was my experience, at least. So in business, you know, especially when you're running your own business, first, you get the advantage of being able to pick your teammates. And so I think it's really important to pick other people in your company that have the same sort of drive and ambition and hopefully at least a level of communication and accountability that we're looking for, even if everyone is not the most organized person on the planet. Um, I remember when I first started uh, college, my first college roommate, shout out Mike, if you're listening, uh, was less organized than me. You know, my my side of the room would be very polished. Uh, his side of the room would have, you know, shirts and towels and whatever, just kind of like piled up on the chairs and the bed. And you could totally tell it was like there was tape down the middle of the room and you could tell that uh, that this is this is two different people that live here. So in business, you also have some people that are just less organized. That's not their 
their you know, uh, type A personality or that's not their propensity to just have everything very orderly. And that's okay as long as they're pulling their weight. So unlike that you know, student in your project that just isn't showing up, isn't contributing, isn't doing anything, that doesn't fly in business. But as long as people are contributing and doing their part, I guess this question is saying, do you need to have one person that's kind of the glue that holds everything together? Well, for me, I think if you are not that person, you need to have someone on the per- on the team that is that person, someone that is the project manager for anything important that needs to get done. Because a project manager is definitely the glue that holds things together. And so I would say at the beginning of any project that I'm working on or that you're working on, it would be important to identify who is the one that's going to lead this project, that will manage the project, that will keep track of the deadlines, that will hold the rest of the team accountable. And that doesn't have to be me. It used to be me, for sure. When we were much smaller, that was me. And to some extent, it still is me with holding our team members accountable for our big quarterly initiative, my direct reports. But on any project in a company, you're going to have people that are more organized and less organized. So just distinguish who is the project manager, what are the ground rules for how we're going to run this project so that everyone stays on track. And I think if you do that, you can have a team that runs a lot more functionally. So same with meetings. If you have meetings in your company, distinguish who is the person that is going to take the notes. Who is the person that's going to post the summary or the action items from this meeting? Who is the person that's going to lead the agenda and facilitate and make sure we stay on time? It could be the same person. It could be multiple people. Uh, When I'm in my forum meetings for my YPO group, uh, and before this, when I was in an EO group, there were actual positions in the group that you would be like the, the timekeeper or the scribe or something like that and make sure that the meeting stays on track. You would do the parking lot and make sure that you're writing any discussion topics that need to come out. So same thing when you're in a company, have those designated positions. Not everyone has to be the most organized person, but if you have an organized person, have them lead the project, have them lead the communication, and then balance the workload across the others so that they're not doing that on top of all of their other work. So great question, Mallory, but I don't think anyone needs to be that crutch. I think they can just play their role on the team and use their organized superpowers to help the team run smoother. Okay, next one's from Darian Parker. How much do you let a process mature before documenting it? Just so you don't end up with a bunch of established procedures that were built by OCD first timers, but that doesn't scale. So how much do you let a process mature? Good question. And and I think the way I I would think about this one is if you have only done it a couple times. If you have never seen the process work in the real world, or you've only seen it work a limited number of times, then you haven't actually seen that that process is repeatable. And so the framework that I use, do it, document it, delegate it, it starts with doing it, doing it over and over and over again. So it's very consistent. And so typically the person that writes down the process is the person that has been doing it repeatably over and over again, the same way every day, multiple times a day, multiple times a week, whatever it is, they're doing that process and they've proven that it works. And now to hand that off, to delegate it to someone else, now is the time to document it. And so documenting should not be a forward thinking kind of 
business plan that you hope these things uh, scale. Documenting is done when you're at the point that you need to hand off a responsibility to someone else because you need to free up enough bandwidth for you to do other things. And if that's the case, you should have a repeatable way of doing the thing. And so whether it's done five times or 500 times, I guess depends a lot on the exact procedure, on the task. In a business that has something that's very transactional, you know, that you're just doing, it takes five minutes. Like with my first business, we were packaging DVDs. So thousands of times a month, we would be putting a paper cover into a plastic DVD sleeve. We'd be printing out a DVD and putting the right art on it, putting them together, closing it up, putting it in the shipping envelope, looking up the customer's address, putting it through the verification system, uh, printing out the address label, slapping that on the front, putting the paid postage on there and putting it in the bin. And so we had this process that we would do over and over and over and over and over again. And really it didn't occur to me to document and hand that off until I had done it thousands of times myself. And I was so good at doing it that I could almost do it with my eyes closed. And so in that case, I just didn't need to pass it off yet because I wasn't ready to scale or I wasn't ready to take on the new responsibility. But once you feel like you're just bored of a certain task, like you're doing it in your sleep with your eyes closed over and over again, that is a mature process. And so where is that line between zero and a mature process? It's going to depend for your business. But I would say it has to be something that is done consistently, that's proven in the real world before you're starting to document it and write it down and hand it off. And now that said, anytime you hand a process off to someone else, it should be up to them. They should be empowered to improve that process, to make it better. And so if they start to poke holes in something that was maybe prematurely documented, then scrap the instructions, start figuring out the better way to do it. And now you've just kind of handed off the experimental phase of doing this task to a new person. So you're not really gaining much by giving a proven process to someone. It's kind of like if you're building a brick wall and you just took that brick off with the wet cement, and start it over, but maybe you weren't the right person to figure that thing out, and that's okay too. So just know that the time to document and create a documented, proven process is once you've seen it work in the real world, maybe once that cement has turned hard, in my analogy. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe or leave a review and share it with anyone in your network that you think could use the information. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on social at Chris Ronzio on all platforms, and you can find Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. We'll see you next time.